In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we gather here tonight in your real presence. And we are grateful that you have called us here by name. We are grateful that you wanted to stay with us in this way. Jesus, we believe that you really enjoy being with us in this way so that you could minister to us in such a tender way, in such an intimate way, in a way that would allow us to approach you with confidence and trust in your mercy and in your love. Mother Mary, we want to crown you the queen of our gathering here tonight and ask you and St. Joseph to pray for us in a special way as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's great. Thanks. I'd like to read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, just to get us started here tonight. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This Sunday we will celebrate the solemnity of Christ the King. Christ the King. It's a feast day that I probably didn't pay much attention to before I joined the seminary because the Legion of Christ, the order that I'm a part of, is a part of a larger spiritual family called Regnum Christi, which means the kingdom of Christ. So the Christ the King celebration is one that is now near and dear to my heart. And so I chose this gospel passage tonight because Jesus says here very explicitly, the kingdom of heaven has come near. His kingdom, 
the kingdom that he came to make manifest in the world through his presence. He is the kingdom, you could say. It's not that he's looking to build castles and raise up armies that are going to fight from a political point of view. But he is establishing a kingdom of love and peace, of power and glory in our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you could say he is raising up an army of followers to fight the good fight, as St. Paul would say. But, as St. Paul would also say, we do not use the weapons of this world. But rather we fight with the sword of the Spirit. We use the shield of faith, the helmet of hope, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth and sandals of zeal. So that's the armor of God that Paul talks about in his letter to the Ephesians. So we put on the armor of God tonight. Lord, we ask you to arm all of us here to protect us all with that armor that I just described that Paul wrote about. But Lord, we also ask you to open our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, so that we can see your face and so that we can see ourselves and see one another the way that you see us so that we can love ourselves the way that you love us and so that we can love one another the way that you have commanded us to love one another. And open the ears of our hearts, Lord, tonight so that we can hear your voice, the voice of the Good Shepherd. He wants to speak to all of you tonight through his word, through the songs, maybe even something I say will resonate in some way. It might just be in the silence of your heart you will hear God speak to you. You might feel something in your body. You might feel an emotion coming on. You might have some image that comes to your imagination or some memory or some picture or movie or song. God can speak in all of those ways and more. Don't want to limit how God can speak to us, how he can reveal himself to us. But most especially, he will make his presence felt here in the Blessed Sacrament. Especially as I come around tonight, Jesus wants to come to all of us over and over again, not just once, but over and over again. He wants to pour his life into you to transform your life. Jesus loves to heal. In our gospel passage tonight, 
that was highlighted after he announced the presence of the kingdom, his presence. He then commanded the apostles, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. So he was giving them his authority. That was the first line that I read at the very top. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And you might say that that was only foreshadowing the power and authority that he was going to give them after he rose from the dead, which was to forgive sins. Remember that? His first words to them after he rose from the dead, they were all behind locked doors in the upper room where they had celebrated the Last Supper, where they had been ordained priests. And they were there for fear of the Jews, it says in John's Gospel. And Jesus, in his resurrected, glorified body, just walks right through that locked door. Not a problem for Jesus. And he said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whose sins you retain, they are retained. So he gave them, as priests, the power and authority to forgive sins in his name. And you could argue that sin is the greatest sickness that we all suffer from. Talk about pandemic. Well, everybody's got sin. <laughs> and we can't really wear a mask, can we, to prevent us from sinning? It doesn't work that way. But Jesus is our hope. He's the ultimate vaccination, you could say. The Holy Spirit. Have you been inoculated with the Holy Spirit? Well, you have been. But sometimes that needs to be stirred up. Sometimes we need to be deliberately asking the Lord to increase that life of his in us and to give us more of himself. And he never tires of answering that prayer. He's God. He's eternal. He's infinite. We can never exhaust God. You are never a bother in God's eyes. He loves to be God. God loves to be God. How's that? God loves to be your father. Jesus loves to be your savior. The Holy Spirit loves to be your friend. God loves to be God. Jesus loves to be here tonight. It's love that motivated him to be here tonight. Because 2,000 years ago, when he instituted the Eucharist at the Last Supper, 
he knew that we would be gathered here tonight. And he said, I want to be there. I want to be with Barb and Missy and Maria and Jason. I want to be with all of you tonight. So it was love that motivated him. And he loves to be available. He's always available. 24 seven, 365 days a year. <laughs> he is available. And you don't even need to pick up your phone. <laughs> you don't need Wi-Fi. All you have to do is turn inward in faith and call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, Lord, Father, Holy Spirit, the three in me, you could say, the three in me. Do you see? It is I. I need to be saved. I need to be healed. I need to be strengthened and encouraged. Tell me who I am. Tell me your plans for me. Show me the way. Tell me the truth. Give me life. And Jesus will answer you. I am the way and the truth and the life. And I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. I love to give life. I love to give new life to you. I love to forgive. I love to forgive your sins. And I love to forget your sins too. We can't forget, but God can forget. How about that? God loves to be God. There's another scripture passage that jumped out at me last week from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 20. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. How about that? The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. Which means that Jesus is not just a philosopher or a smart guy or a nice guy who goes around preaching a good message, but rather he demonstrated all kinds of power and manifested the kingdom through that power, through signs and wonders, the healings, the miracles, the exorcisms, the words of prophecy, the kindness, the forgiveness. Remember when they lowered that man through the roof? on the stretcher, just so that he could get close to Jesus. He was paralyzed. 
and his friends lowered him through the roof. The first thing Jesus said to him is, your sins are forgiven. Jesus must have known that that was the kind of healing and deliverance that that paralytic needed and wanted more than even walking. There must have been something weighing on his heart. And so Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. He was manifesting the presence of God through the forgiveness of sins. And that's what gives us such hope. A world without God really has no hope of forgiveness or redemption. Think about that. Every human being has a conscience and knows when they've sinned, in most cases. <laughs> and what do they do with that? Well, they carry it. If they don't believe in God, if they don't believe that God wants to forgive their sins, then they carry that. And I used to joke with kids when I would talk about forgiveness, when you see people all bent over. When people walk around all bent over, I can't help but think sometimes it's because they're carrying so much. They're carrying so much. They have a heavy heart and they don't know or they don't believe, they don't trust that God wants to take that burden off of their shoulders and forgive their sins. And you can try to numb that. You can try to run away from that, but it doesn't work. And that's why Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, because that's everybody, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will forgive your sins. Take my yoke and learn, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Jesus is meek and humble. He's not looking to rub it in your face. He doesn't wag his finger in your face if you have sinned. On the contrary, he welcomes you with open arms. So Jesus makes present the kingdom through the forgiveness of sins. But some of the crowd, especially the Pharisees, those religious leaders who were hypocrites, they were asking themselves, well, who does this guy think he is? Only God can forgive sins. How can you say to this paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, so that you know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. 
he turned to the paralytic and said, rise and pick up your mat and go home. He got up and walked. So Jesus was going after both. But the more important healing was the inner healing. The more important healing was the inner healing. But that's not what got him to Jesus, was it? His friends probably had no idea what this man was carrying in his heart. They didn't know his sin. They knew he was paralyzed. And they believed in the goodness of Jesus. So that's what got him to Jesus. And then Jesus knew, even more than the friends knew, what this man really needed. And I think that's just a good lesson for all of us. Sometimes we get fixated on something. We want something to change in our lives. And sometimes what Jesus is going after is some kind of conversion. He wants us to bring that burden that we've carried or that guilt, that shame, that sin, whatever it might be, to him. And maybe it wasn't our sin, but maybe somebody sinned against you. And the way that they sinned against you has caused a great burden and left a wound. Well, Jesus wants to heal that too. And so Jesus comes and he says, I love you. I see you. I love you. I love being your God. I love being your Savior. I love healing you. I love helping you. Trust me. Open up to me. And I will give you new life. So I have one last gospel passage to read before we pray a little bit together. From Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 to 36. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Tonight I'll be walking around with the humeral veil over my shoulders and arms and hands holding the monstrance. That veil is meant to do exactly what it says, veil me, the priest, so that 
you focus on Jesus. But you're invited tonight to even just touch the edge of that humoral veil, the cloak of Jesus, and pray for healing, pray for deliverance, pray for strength, pray for light, whatever you need. God knows. God knows. Just ask. And so as we prepare for this encounter with Jesus, let's just pray a little bit to prepare our minds and hearts for this encounter. And if it helps, you can close your eyes. Jesus, please sanctify our imagination. Please help us all to use our imagination now to imagine you just standing right in front of the altar here, looking out at everybody, looking out with great love, great compassion. with great interest in meeting each and every one of us tonight. Jesus, you know what we need. You know the help that we need. We believe, Jesus, that you want to help us. We believe, Jesus, that you love to help us, that you really enjoy healing us and blessing us and encouraging us. Maybe some of you tonight just need some encouragement, some affirmation. Well, you can ask Jesus for that. He loves to be affirming. Jesus loves to be affirming and to affirm you, to encourage you, to celebrate you, to celebrate your life as if every day was your birthday. He loves to celebrate you and your relationship your friendship. He loves to celebrate that. He's very happy that you're here tonight. You took the time, you made the effort. He is very happy that you are here. He's not going to disappoint you. So Lord Jesus, please increase our faith here tonight. Please give us all an expectant faith so that we can expect to have a personal encounter with you here tonight that will be life-giving, that will be healing in some way, that will be encouraging. Lord, we believe, increase our faith, help our unbelief. And Lord, we acknowledge that we have sinned. 
that we all have been sick with sin. So we ask you, Lord, to forgive us. Please forgive us. And we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Enlighten our minds. Enlighten our hearts, Holy Spirit. In case there is some sin that is weighing us down in a particular way. Could even be unforgiveness. Could be self-hatred. Could be self-reliance, ungodly self-reliance. Could be an unhealthy fear or worry, lack of trust. Because in the gospel, Jesus did say, do not worry, do not worry. (laughs) So Jesus, forgive us, forgive us, Lord. Please forgive us, Jesus. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. For my doubts. Lord, forgive me for my doubts. Forgive me, Lord, for listening to the voice of the father of lies. Forgive me, Lord, for coming into agreement with the father of lies and all of his lies. Jesus, help me to grow in my identity tonight. Help us all here, Lord, to appreciate more and more that we are all sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father and that God loves to be our Father. Think about that. None of us had perfect parents. And I'm sure you can all remember a time when you sensed as a kid that, huh, doesn't seem like dad enjoys being my dad right now. Or mom doesn't really enjoy being my mom right now. And what was your reaction to that? We can all have different reactions to that. And then when we go to school, this or that kid doesn't seem to like me, doesn't want to be my friend. This teacher is hard on me. This coach, this priest, God forgive us. And so the way that we react to those encounters serve as a mask, a wall, because then in some sense, we feel inadequate or that there's something wrong with us or that we're not good enough. And so now we feel like we have to do something so that 
will be lovable or okay or liked or wanted. And that just gets repeated over and over again all throughout our lives in subtle ways sometimes, sometimes not so subtle. And we become disconnected from who we really are in Christ. So Jesus, remind us tonight of who we are. Call us home, Jesus. And help us all to have a sense that you really do enjoy being our God and Father and brother and Savior and Lord and friend. And that we're good enough, that we are wanted, that you delight in us. Holy Spirit, if there is somebody that we need to forgive tonight, please help us to forgive that person. Put that person on our heart. Bring them to mind. And Lord Jesus, just help us to let go. To let go of that person, to give them to you. And not to own whatever they did or whatever they said. Lord, we don't want to own that anymore. Help us to let go of that. Whatever labels we may have worn or become attached to, remove the labels, Lord. Remove the masks, the accusations, the walls. Jesus, we ask you to forgive those people, to bless them. And again, Lord, replace those burdens that we carried with a blessing, with your encouragement, with your celebration, your joy. So let us pray together in the words that Jesus taught us. And as we pray this one, our Father, together, I invite you to imagine Jesus right next to you with a big smile on his face. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.